Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. So today I am going to introduce you to two amazing homeschool students that are going to tell their stories and um, just how homeschooling helped them to overcome some challenges in their lives and do some amazing things. And so you're going to want to hang on here for this um, episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations as we talk to our two um, young guests. My first guest is Genevieve Noel. She is a homeschooled Florida teen native to Ohio. Her love for writing and passion for books came reluctantly at first, but she was that she was not at all interested in reading or writing until her mother was too slow in finishing a book she was reading out loud to Genevieve and her siblings. Genevieve picked up the book to read it to herself instead. Her love for books, reading, writing, and drawing very quickly blossomed. Genevieve decided to unleash her own imagination and her first novel series, a dog in time, and it was born that way. With lots of hard work and perseverance, she pushed forward to meet her goals of publishing her books to share with kids and families everywhere. Miss Noel hopes to inspire children the world over to read, write, and never give up. She hopes you enjoy her wonderful um, adventures and characters in this first introduction of her imagination, A Dog in Time. Welcome, Genevieve. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, howdy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you... Um, you have a story of perseverance, and um, and that's something inspiring, especially for a lot of the students in our community, because they deal with various struggles in in their their learning. A lot of times, um, whether or not it's a diagnosis or something that um, that they just you know 
have have a hard time doing math or, or reading and writing. And um, and I think it's inspiring to hear somebody your age that um, that pushed through. And plus, who who's being homeschooled at the same time? Um, have you always loved homeschooling? Yeah, it's the only. It's, uh, ever since I was very very young, I've been homeschooled. I don't think I've ever been to a public school type of thing. No. <laughs> Yeah, you have the same attitude as my daughter. She she kind of <laughs> came on and with my boys having tried a little bit of school and then and she's like, "Is there another way?" <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, absolutely get it. So, so it sounds like you just love to learn too. Is that something you, you just automatically very curious and you, you like to learn things? Yeah, I like to know why, the why reasons. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So what inspired you? to, after picking up a book, learning to read, to want to write a book yourself? Well, originally, I got very bored as my 10-year-old self. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do, so I was like, hey, might as well write a book. While I was a, When I was 10, I didn't have a very good understanding on how that worked at all. So right. if I wrote it, then that's it. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not how that works, <laughs> but I figured that out later. That's, <laughs> that's good. So, so I'm assuming you went through many drafts then to get to where your published book ended up. Yes and no. I went through many editing phases. The actual content of the first book has stayed the same, basically. That's great. Yeah. The other books have changed a lot, but, but this, the first one's basically the same. Very cool. So the premise is a dog. Um, and I heard as we were getting ready that you have a dog at your house. Was that dog that <laughs> at your house kind of an inspiration? <laughs> no, actually, really. When I, I, when I was a, um, ten, I didn't have we didn't have any pets. Okay, I wanted a dog, so that's why I wrote it. Oh. <laughs> Mom, now, you know, I want a dog. <laughs> Very cool. And so these dogs go on an adventure. And um, can you tell us just a little bit of the premise of the, of your story? Well, it's about these three dogs. I know the title is A Dog in Time, but I don't know. <laughs> There's these three dogs that get stuck in a time machine and have to go back through history and try and do these things and mess a few things up and have to fix things. All while these bad groups of dogs are trying to change history and mess things up. Basically, ah, very cool. So do you like studying history then too? Yes, it's my favorite subject. Oh, ah, very good. So what are some time periods that your dogs visit? And are they time periods that you kind of really like to study as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, the 1700s, they go there a lot. Uh, Middle Ages type time periods. Yeah. Uh, they don't really go anywhere major. They go to the dinosaur time periods at one point. They don't go anywhere majorly specific until later on. At one point, they go to the American Revolutionary type times, okay. later books and stuff. But in the first book, yeah, it's mostly just 1700s, uh, Middle Ages. When's that? 1600s? Yeah, about the 16. About yeah, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so it's things that you, you kind of learned about. Did you have to do extra research? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go about that? Um, what was kind of was your, your, um, the way that, that you started that research and followed through where there's certain places you went specifically to get that information? I didn't go anywhere mostly because we didn't have any, we couldn't really go to those specific places or to anywhere right. near them. But I did, Mostly, you know, look things up. Uh, talk to my dad. He's he likes history too. Uh, documentaries, okay. Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, uh huh. More reliable sources than Wikipedia, but yes, right. <laughs> That's great. And then, as far as char- character development, I mean, did you use people that you knew as far as like examples <laughs> for characters, or maybe no. some favorite characters? I won't say that. No, I I just made up a bunch of wacky people in my head. <laughs> That's great. That that takes a lot of imagination. I, I read in your bio, too, that you like to do art. Um, yes. Did that inspire you? Did you actually draw the characters out to kind of get a feeling of who they would be? Yes. Yes, I did. I have sketches upon sketches of all the most of the characters. And the oh art gosh. in the book actually is drawn by my dad, uh, hand-drawn oh by him. The art in the other books is going to be a collection of hand-drawn art between him and me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, you know, going from 
your your idea. You know, lots of kids have ideas that don't go into anything. How did you get from an idea to an actual book? I'm a very stubborn person. <laughs> That's for one thing. Um, so when I start something, I usually really want to follow through with it. And I didn't know how hard publishing a book was going to be. But when mm -hmm. I started, I was like, eh. And then I got really into it. And I was like, okay, so now I really want to do this. And then that the whole publishing process took like a year. A year? Yeah, a year. I yeah. Thought. Was a lot. So did you set goals for yourself? Did you have certain things that you, you know, you said, I want to accomplish this by a certain time or kind of have in your head at least of when a timeline or was it, it just kind of flow As from a 10-year-old kid, no. Now yeah. that I've gotten to writing a lot more, when mm. I'm older, yes. Yeah. 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 So the first one probably was just kind of more inspirational and, and now yeah. that you're doing it. So how much have you written since that first first book? A lot. A lot. <laughs> I have finished the second one. We need to get that edited and published now, uh, That which will take a while. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working on the third one. I have a bunch of other stuff, too. Wow. Yeah. So do you incorporate this as part of your homeschool, then? Is What is this considered as far as subjects-wise? Uh, I learned most of my grammar from this. Yeah. English, too, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Even a little bit of history since it's, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all incorporated. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's the beauty of homeschooling is you yeah. can kind of follow those those things that you love to do yeah. and um, and make it a learning process. So so that's that's super exciting. So um, so do you want to be an author then as as you're getting older and what what kind of aspirations are you you looking at? Um, I know it's young. You're young to be asking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to be an author. That's my goal. An art author and a writer. Uh, well, that's the same thing. I'm an author and an artist. Okay. And combine the two. Yeah. yeah. So where do you see that going then? I have all these ideas in my head of things that I hope will happen. I don't really know. I just have to see and pray about it, I suppose. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's, I would say the best advice. God has a, a plan that's beyond, you know, anything that you could ever imagine. And, um, and so that's exciting that you're kind of leaning into him and, and saying, yep, where, where is this going? Yeah. So very cool. So um, when you hit hard spots with, um, with some of the, the things that you're doing, like maybe you just are tired, have a bad day, or, you know, that, that concept that you want to write about, you know, you, you don't know exactly how to say it or to, to build yeah. it in. What, what do you do to kind of get yourself out of that, that rut and to move on? Yeah. Um, well, when I was a little, a lot younger, when I, when I was 10, uh, when I first started writing, I didn't have those worries cause I was just, you know, a kid. So right. I just didn't write and stuff. And then uh -huh. when I'm older and it's only been four years, but now that I'm older, it's gotten a lot more of it. Think about it a lot more and a lot more of that type of stuff happens. So I do have mm -hmm. to every once in a while, just take a break and realize it's okay to rest. Cause if I don't, then I'll, then I'll write yeah. for hours and hours and hours. But I do have to realize that I can write whenever I have to spend time with people I care about more, I have to mm -hmm. do other things in my life more. And I have other stuff I gotta, I gotta do. Right. That's, that's some wise advice from a 14 year old. <laughs> you need to rest. Adults need to hear that message. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's important. And, and then do you find when you do rest and you do take that time that your creativity is boosted even more? Yes. I write the most the days after I'm done resting. So <laughs> that is very cool. Yes. Awesome. So what, what are some other lessons that you think you have learned since, you know, you started this process and I'm sure, you know, just generally with just yeah. gaining knowledge in the last four years of your life, but specific to taking on a project and having to persevere through it. Um, what are some things that you've learned about yourself um, or about the, the process of just doing a project and doing it well? Well, you have to have, I'd say that you have to have some sort of plan. You can't just go in there. No idea what you're doing. And be like, let's just try everything and something's going to work. And it's okay to make mistakes also. Cause when I was, yes. when I was younger, I don't want to make any mistakes. I just want the 
have to be done. The first draft to have to be it and just have to be published. But nope, it has to go through phases and phases mm-hmm. and phases. And that's that's good. This then it gets refined to what it needs to be and all that jazz. That's right. Yeah. And and I'm assuming you have other people speaking advice into your life. And um, how easy is that for you to take that advice of an editor or a parent saying, you know, what were you thinking here? And or should you add something? Is, has that been an easy process? Or have you kind of had to learn how to accept that? Well, like I said, I'm a very stubborn person. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but my mom edited all my stuff okay we both think alike in that sort of way Mm -hmm. she's very good at editing in that sort of way too so I wouldn't say that I'm because I know that it's not perfect so I wouldn't be like oh this it shouldn't be this and that shouldn't be that no I I I I take it I take it well I'd say I don't like you have to ask the people whom I talk to more (laughs) (laughs) yeah well, it's, it's just wise to, to understand that, that you're not going to be, be perfect. I mean, that's, that's something that I know, um, a lot of, a lot of kids really struggle with. They're just expected to be, you know, to do yeah. things right the first time. And, and I, I had a guest on my show recently who said, if we're not making, allowing kids to make mistakes, we're not actually letting them learn. Yeah. And I thought that was very profound, um, yes. to be, to be said, because truthfully, you aren't going to learn anything until you do make that mistake and have to change your yeah. mode of thinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. And of course, there's always, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. We're learning from other people's mistakes. But that doesn't mean you just don't make mistakes. Right. Just, yep. you know, sometimes you have to make new mistakes to find out new things. Hmm. Yes. So what types of lessons do your dogs teach in the, um, in the books? How do you kind of weave those types of lessons in to well, your story? Well, I consider character, character development and all that mm-hmm. jazz to be the most important thing in one of my biggest uh, things that I write about and one of the things Very I focus cool. on the most. Mm-hmm. So I say just in their conversations a lot, they talk about responsibility a lot in the, the, the yeah. ones. Uh, forgiveness is a big one. Yeah, just a bunch of really all Christian values, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, a lot of it's decision making. You either yeah. choose one way or the other way. Definitely. And books are great for that because, yeah. you know, you're you're looking at a character, you're, you're watching their example and, um, and what a great way to influence, um, yeah. other kids and other, um, families with, with those values, with a good story. Yeah. So, um, so what age group, um, is your, are your books kind of targeted at? I get asked this question a lot and I don't really know how to respond because my, because I have, you know, relatives and I've had other people who've read it and they're 30 40 and they they're fine with it they love it and mm-hmm. i've had people who are eight my younger sister she she's read it she likes it so i guess it's really a family book but the target age could yeah. be yeah, a teenager 10 okay 12, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so 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 you wrote your first book before you had a dog yeah. <laughs> and now you have a dog yeah. um <laughs> so is um is there anything about dogs that you've learned in having a dog now that you've kind of changed within the books that you're you're now writing your new revisions just about the quirks that your your dog has uh each dog breed has a different type of thing they do a lot yes uh-huh cuz there's an um uh Husky that's very in the book, and he's very quiet. He doesn't talk much, which is not how normal huskies are. Uh huh. Yes, they're very loud. chatty. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm like, well, well, but yeah, <laughs> he's just an exception to his breed, right? <laughs> he's special, right? Exactly. Ah, well, that's great. So, um, what else would you? as far as a message to, to other homeschool students who are like, Oh, you know, I would love to do something like that, but I don't even know where to start. Um, and, and it may not be writing a book. It may be something else that they're passionate about. Um, what advice do you have to share with them? Don't save what could, what, what he, 
uh, I had something poetic to say, but I couldn't say it. Basically, <laughs> just basically, just don't procrastinate what you got to do. If you want to do something, sit down and plan out how or just at least try it. If you want to paint a picture, try it. If you want to yeah. you know, write a book, sit down. I had a pencil and a piece of paper that I folded up to make it look like multiple pages. I just wrote okay. on you know, you're not always going to have all the fancy jazz stuff. I didn't have, I didn't write on a computer until the first book was already <laughs> kind of done. Wow. So you just uh, used like a notebook and paper and. I didn't even use a notebook. I just got a sketch paper and I folded it in half and I just uh-huh. wrote on that. That's cool. That's yeah. That's great advice because I think we think that everything has to be just so in order to to do something. And instead, your advice is just start. Yeah, that's great advice. (laughs) If you don't try it, if you try and you don't like it, then if you would have wasted all that time to get all the fancy equipment you would have needed, then, you know don't like it. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people do that too, like with podcasts or YouTube yeah. channels, you know, mm-hmm. there's just so many things and they're like, well, if I have the perfect microphone yeah. and yeah. they spend so much time researching what they need yeah. that the project itself gets lost in that. Yeah. And, and so to start with something simple and, and just go off of your passion and mm-hmm. not allow your passion to die because of the greatest yeah. next thing yes. that's, um, that's a great pursuit. So, so off of a four-piece page of paper, you mm-hmm. you've generated a hundred and sixty-two page book or sixty-four page book. <laughs> Five? What is it? I don't know. Two hundred something pages. Oh, okay. All right. I think I think uh, Amazon has it at one sixty four. So they that might be like printed pages if there's pictures. I don't know how they yeah. work, work that out. But anyways, so but um, so just scrap paper then and and filling things in. And did you like have the premise of the story and then build the characters out from there? And, or how, how what was your thinking process? And um, my thinking all together? process was what would I want to read? As ah, yeah. was, Hey, I like dogs. I also like time machines and I also like history. What if I did that? And mm-hmm. then as a, as a kid, basically I just started writing and it just, I had ideas as it went on. Yeah. Had that happened more as when I'm now that now when I write, I plan out more things than mm-hmm. I did. And I'm trying to find the sweet spot between not playing out literally everything and not right. just making everything up. Yep. Yeah, and that's where that rest comes in because you, you yes. really need to let your imagination flow and yeah. and, and allow your brain. That, that's an interesting thing that um, you discovered at a very young age because I think a lot of adults don't even discover that. Um, probably some of them in, anywhere in their lives. They're so busy, you know, planning and doing and that, that time to say, I yeah. just need to allow my mind to go free and and then to take what I've been inspired by to then lead me. And so, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So you've got a lot of years of homeschooling left. (laughs) (laughs) So, so um, are you able to, to, other than building your writing in, you, you've got time for everything else and, and Mm -hmm. pursue some other side interests. Is there anything else you like to do other than write and do art? Nothing I want to do as a job, I don't think. Yeah. But what about for fun stuff? (laughs) For fun, I usually just play with my siblings or play chess. Ah, chess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to work different parts of your brain at different times. Yes. Your brain and mathematical brain are different, so you got to. Yep. Yep. So you, you prefer much, much more of the, the English and writing literary literature arts types of things versus the science and the math or is that all kind of. Balanced. There's certain types of grammar and literature that I do not want to have any association with at all. Really? I don't want to have to deal with it all. And there's the same, likewise for math and science. So it's mm-hmm. really just a mix of them all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. Well, you have an amazing story, and I'm sure it's going to continue to be even more amazing as um, you just continue pursuing, seeing where God takes you. And, um, and I'm excited that you've got another two books um, in kind of in the pipeline that you're oh, yeah. working on. Yeah. Can you tell people where they can find your book? Amazon, mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles, uh, Apple. Apple iTunes? What was it? Apple iTunes? Yeah, one of those things. Kindle, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Okay. And it's called? It's called A Dog in Time. A Dog in Time. By Genevieve Noel. Yes. Um, I actually, when I searched, no, I, I looked a dog in time first yeah. on Amazon and I had to put your name in there. So if um, for just the families that are, are looking, mm-hmm. we'll make sure we put in the show notes the exact link. But if you want to go ahead of time and do you want to search Amazon for that, um, you can just search for a dog in time and Genevieve Noel and it pops right up. So, Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, is there any closing comments you want to make? Um, maybe to those homeschool students out there that are listening and you want to just share something with them? Dream big and never give up. Yes, I saw that underneath your your um, your signature. Thank you. That yeah. is that's a good good inspiration and uh, a good way to live. So, so thank you so much, Genevieve. I appreciate um, your, your time with us and for your willingness to share your story and just for all that you're doing. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so we'll be back um, in just a couple minutes, everybody, with our next um, homeschooled guest. And so hang on right there. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. Well, welcome back. We are now talking to our second homeschooled student author. I'm delighted to introduce you to Adana Garfias. Um, she is a homeschool graduate who survives living 18 years under one roof with five siblings. She's pursuing her Bachelor of Arts degree in education at Dallas Baptist University, where she lives in an apartment with three of her closest friends. Receiving several academic and character scholarships, Adana is a proud member of two national academic societies. When she's not studying or at work, Adana can be found at the nearest outlet mall, spending all of her petty cash. Sounds like you have a very busy life, Adana. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, I I'm just excited to hear all the things that homeschooled students do. Having been a parent of three homeschool students myself, um, it's just amazing what um, homeschooling opens up as far as opportunities. And yet, you wrote a book about about hating homeschooling, <laughs> or why you know. Um, just the the title of your book is you don't really hate homeschooling, but I think a lot of times there there is that time in the life of a homeschooled student, and I know all of my kids went through to it through it too, and they're like, I just hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, is that um, was that something common that you heard, something you felt yourself, or why why the book, why the title? <laughs> Um, I think the the title just was born out of the fact that um, 
me and my siblings, we all had very different relationships with homeschooling. And yeah. um, even though we all liked it and disliked it at different varieties, um, we all reached that point where we didn't want to be homeschooling anymore. And or we it just didn't feel right for us anymore. And right. usually that clash, um, it, the clash with our parents happened around middle school, high school um with all of us and so right. even though um i graduated like loving homeschooling and it really was the right choice for me throughout my whole experience um that didn't necessarily mean i loved it throughout the whole time and so the book was just born out of um even though i, I wrote it after post grad um mm -hmm. I wrote it um, while I was actually home during COVID. And so it was and ah. watching my siblings be homeschooled um, just reminded me of all those frustrations I had being homeschooled myself. And um, it was just sort of kind of like a comedic relief sort oh. of thing. Like I understand where teens are at in this issue, but also it's fun to just laugh at ourselves and um, recognize that even though we're going through these struggles, um, we kind of need to take it like a grain of salt. You know, it's not, right. it's not always the worst thing in the world. <laughs> well, I think those middle school, like you said, high school years, that those are the things when or times when students or young adults will, will kind of blow things out of proportion because it seems like it's like forever in your life. And this is like going to, you know, this is going to be a game changer if, if things don't go, you know, as planned or, um, or the way that you think that they should, or the way everybody else is doing it, that it's just going to upset everything, you know, further on. Mm -hmm. And, and you can blow things out of proportion. And I think your, your book does an amazing job of really pinpointing you know, is that really the the question you're asking? And then, mm -hmm. you know, this is how simple the answer is. So how your, your book is very short. How long is it? Um, I think let me look. I have a copy of it. I think it's only it's only about 48 pages because so I'm not really a read. woman of very many words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're straight to the point. And that, that's great, because I think if you got too many words in there, maybe a lot of students wouldn't read it or, you know, get, get that, what, what's necessary out of the book. And um, so did your siblings help you kind of write this or was this mostly just reflection, like you said, kind of watching them and then going through maybe some of the things that you answered internally, um, but didn't really answer until you actually wrote them down on paper years later. Right. So this was um, this was mostly just born out of my own experience. And there there were a couple of times where I needed to um, pull in some of the experiences I observed from my siblings or from friends. Um, but mostly this is these were the struggles that I saw in my own life with my own parents. Um, and I think as I got older and as I talked with um, homeschoolers that I w was close to, as we talked as adults, they're really the problems that I had during my homeschooling experience weren't just um, problems that I had. They're problems that uh -huh. other homeschoolers have too, but they're not necessarily talked about. And so right. everybody, like teens think that their issues are with their own parents and with their own experience, but it's that's not true. Um you would clash with your parents if you weren't homeschooled. That's, that's just not. Uh, that's just true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're always so close when we're homeschooled with our, and with our own children, that, that natural separation of parent child happens. And when a student is going to school, it just, that separation's already there. So right. it doesn't seem like there's this void that's starting to happen, but I, I experienced it with all three of my kids and, and yeah, it is difficult because you're going, how do I still be myself yet be taught by my mom? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so there it's, it's the, it's, it's the struggle. So what age group is this book, your book written for? Um, this is written primarily for those um, towards the end of middle school and in high school. Um, so those that are really starting to get to that point of um, more of leaning towards wanting to be independent and um, those who are kind of starting to struggle with the idea of um, being at home with their parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Cause you answer everything from, 
from like, <laughs> what do homeschoolers wear? <laughs> Am I <laughs> kind of strange? Um, or, um, and all the way up through college. And those questions, that, uh, questions that we get as consultants mm -hmm. that parents ask about, you know, college entrance and, and scholarships and all of those things too, which we forget as parents that our kids are asking these same questions and wondering Absolutely. these same things. So I'm glad that you addressed, um, you know, some of the, the funnier, you know, um, mm -hmm. things that, that, yeah, we all think about that too. But um, even some of the weightier things about, you know, where's my future going to go? And, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I love the chapter that you focused on, you know, what about, you know, preparing myself for, for life, you know, after this and, and knowing, you know, there's just a lot of things, that students don't learn even in school when they go to like public schools or private schools. Um, right. So, so can you talk a little bit about that? And, and then also what you maybe have learned since you wrote that chapter about living on your own and things. That, um, <laughs> um, so I think like that, that chapter, the, um, the figuring out what you're going to do after you're homeschooled. Um, I, I, I've always been a big planner. I've always had the next five years of my life planned in advance, which That's we all great. know. Um, <laughs> you can plan your life, but you can't really plan yeah. your life. Right. Um, but I was always <laughs> that person. And so I was um, I was always the child that was looking at what's next before my parents were and trying to figure out those, those, those answers to the um, college entrance exams and how many different, um, how many different things could you really do? And what are all of my options? And so I think like I wanted to find a short and sweet and kind of easy answer for those who don't necessarily want to um, want to research it all by themselves. But also like I really wanted to motivate um, students to go out and find that information for themselves because it's um, yes, parents can plan and plan and um, try to get their students to go down um, a specific path, but also like we know it is so important for students to take initiative on that themselves. And Absolutely. Um, so I really wanted to encourage teenagers to just be thinking ahead and to look at what might be interesting to them. And also just to have yeah. those difficult conversations with their parents, because they're more likely to succeed in an area when they take initiative um, in it themselves. And so I really wanted to kind of open the door to that conversation because those conversations are important to be having beginning of high school um, mm -hmm. and even like not just your I mean, yes, you can have it towards the end of your junior year and you're still going to be fine. But also right. like for those learners who really want to be looking ahead and who think that there's not a future if you're homeschooled, it's really important to start looking at that in advance. Absolutely. That is that's. A really good point to make. And it, it is about, it has to be internally. I mean, mm -hmm. as a parent in any stage, whether you're homeschooling or not, you know, our goal is to make our children independent, that they leave and, you know, <laughs> go on and do things. Um, and, and at some point that, that just has to happen. And, and there are students like you who are self-starters and, and then some that take a lot longer, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the goal in, right. in the end. Yeah. So as far as homeschooling goes, you know, I'm sure you had some favorite things about homeschooling and then yeah. some unfavorite things about homeschooling. What, what would those be in your own life? I think I definitely loved the more freedom side of it. I know a lot of homeschoolers think, but there's probably less freedom when you're um, at home alone with your parents. I kind of looked at it as more freedom. <laughs> um, I'm because I am, like you said, a self-starter. Like I would get up, get all my stuff done, and then do what I want for the rest of the day. Um, right. And so I really liked that aspect of it. Um, but also that was because I think um, – a lot of times I think parents and students, like there's so much tug that um, it's really hard to get down some uh, system that works for them. Um, but if there's like, if there's more leeway, if they can work together to find that happy medium, it's, that's what I loved is being able to just get up, get it done. And then I could either go to work um, or I could sit around the house and play games with my siblings. Like I could do what I wanted right. to do. And that's what I absolutely loved about being homeschooled. Um, but then, of course, like the parts that we don't like, the right. maybe being around your family more hours a day than you would like, or mm -hmm. um, even if you have a great relationship with your family, like, and I'm sure you know this as a mom, you don't always right. want to be around your kids. And um, 
I mean, moms that homeschool don't always want to be around their kids and teenagers don't always want to be around their moms. And so um, <laughs> I think that was that was something that was hard for my parents and I to like find our find our system, find how we were going to adjust around that. Um, right. And there's there's no magical fix for any teenager and their parent. What is a great um, what is a great system for that? But um I think it's I think it's really important for teenagers to understand, like, it's not just you. Um, it's it really isn't. And that's I discussed that also in the book. Like, you're going to fight with your parents no matter what. There's just there's there's no way to get around it. Um, right. But that that was that was hard. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie about it. That was hard. Yeah. But it strengthens those relationships, too. It really does. It really does. And I think um, I something else that I talked about in the book, like finding a way to communicate with your parent in a way that is respectful and um, in a way that you both can hear what each other is saying. Just finding Absolutely. finding the right times to discuss things, um, finding the right level, uh, like the right tone of your voice, just finding ways to communicate that are beneficial for both of you are so important, especially in high school. And it can take a lot of work, especially on the teenager's part. Um, but it is so important and it really helps boost um, your relationship with your parent as a as an adult. Like if you can get that work out of the way in high school, like it, that makes that transitioning into an adult so much easier. Right. Yeah. And not just for family, too, but that that goes out into other relationships mm-hmm. and your work environments. Um, but it does it does take a bit of transitioning because you're used to relating to people more as friends than mm-hmm. maybe a colleague or um, or to your parents as a superior. And then you kind of make that change to t- talking to them as a fellow adult. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> and there was give and take on both sides of that one. <laughs> yes. And honestly, I think um, one of the, one of the greatest things that my parents did for me in um, as a homeschool student was they, they required us to work once we got to a certain age because they wanted us to have those experiences um, right. with um, adults and with peers that just weren't inside our household. Um and I felt like that was really great training for us when we got to be adults because we knew how to communicate with a boss and we knew how to communicate with coworkers, not just as friends, like you said, but um, as people like to communicate in a respectful way um, right. and on on that level instead of just, oh, everybody's my friend and I'm happy go lucky. And I mean, there is a there is a time and a place for that. And right. I definitely do believe in good um good relationships with your coworkers. Um, but I really think that is something also in high school that um, if you, if you are a homeschooler and you can work, please do. It really does. It really does help. Absolutely. And it's not just mom or dad giving the demands of what to do or what, right. what you have to do, the task list. It's, it's mm-hmm. a boss. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes those people aren't as compassionate or understanding yes. <laughs> as mom and dad mm-hmm. can be. Um, it teaches yeah. responsibility on a whole different level. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so true. And I, I love that you're encouraging um, young people to do that. We actually encouraged our kids to do gap years um, kind of in that environment and just the amazing things that they learned even before transitioning to what they wanted to do, because you learn so much through that experience that it sometimes changes the whole trajectory of what you want to do for a job um, nice. and a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you are, finishing up school right now yes. to be a teacher. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. I'm actually, this is my last semester. I'm graduating in December. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah. So yeah. what made you pick that field? Was it something that you learned through this process, I'm assuming, of homeschooling <laughs> and working to know your strengths and um, what, what you enjoy doing? Uh, so I, this is really funny. I actually grew up saying I was never going to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> partially, I, especially during those times of me hating homeschooling, I think. Um, I just I just really didn't. It wasn't appealing to me. I always had these. I had much broader, like I wanted to be a veterinarian at some point. I wanted to be a pediatrician. Like I wanted to do so many different things than teaching. And then um, my, I think towards the end of my sophomore year, I started giving music lessons um, to elementary students. And then my senior year, um, I started tutoring, um, 
triplets at um, this one family had reached out to me and asked if I could tutor their triplet um, elementary students or um, elementary kids. And um, I agreed to do it because I, I mean, I, I'm, I loved math. I loved English. And I was like, sure, you know what? I, um, I help my siblings all the time. I can help your kids too. Uh, the very, the very um, homeschool response, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, I think I just, I really built, I felt like I built a really great relationship with those kids and um, t- being able to tutor them and watch them grow and um, that like helping them set their own goals and reach those goals. It was just so exciting. And um, it was just such a great experience that I decided almost immediately that that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I think like there during my own college experience, like that has, you know, changed and then I've gone back to it and changed and then I've gone back to it. And uh, like a lot of (laughs) college students do. Right. But it's I think um, God has just really shown me um, over the last year or so, even when I didn't necessarily want to be here. um, He's just really shown me that this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And um, I really am grateful for my homeschooling background and for the um, values that my family instilled in me, not just about um, not just about faith, but also the ho- having a homeschooling background where teaching can be individualized. Having, yes. I feel like having that background in a classroom is so important because it, it really teaches you to look at students individually instead of holistically. And so it's it's really great. And I feel like um, I feel like it's going to kickstart my journey in just a different way. And so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's so few people that get that picture of what true education is. And it's really mm-hmm. to spark that learning internally to a child, to meet them where they're at and to progress them at their own pace. Um, instead of just instructing out of a book and saying, well, hope you caught it. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the traditional view of education is yep, mm-hmm. the kids will just sit in this classroom or participate and we'll just hope that something got absorbed. Right. Um, yes. So, so yeah, so your, your future students are in good hands. I, I, I know very well <laughs> just by the experience that, that you've had. So, um, so yeah. Um, where can people find your book? Um, so they can find it on Amazon. Um, my mom and I travel a couple times a year to different homeschooling conferences. So if you find us at a homeschooling conference, it will also be there. Um, but awesome. probably best you can find it on Amazon. Okay. And I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes as well as, um, yeah, on just that information. So you can click on that and, and find it really quickly. So, yeah, well, this has been a great interview. Uh, do you have any like closing advice for, for students who are like, I really don't know if your book is going to convince me to, <laughs> to like homeschooling. I, you know, I'm just kind of getting through this. And I know a lot of times um, just through various circumstances, even kids in this age range are homeschooled abruptly, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's something that happened at school or, and, and they're just like dreading being with their parents too, (laughs) at some point, what advice do you have um, for those students that are just kind of feel like, I just don't know if I can can keep going through this, convince me. (laughs) Um, I think, I, I think my best advice was just to be give it your best shot. Like I, I remember in high school, like giving it my best shot was just kind of, you know, I wake up one morning, I try for an hour and then I'm done, but really just give it what you would give, you know, your favorite sport, right? Just uh, give it your great. best shot for a few weeks. Really try, um, try your best because it's so worthwhile. It's so worth it. If you can, you can do it. It's really, it's, if I can do it, you can do it. And I, I'm not a rocket scientist, right? I, if I can do it, you can do it. And honestly, Hey, if you get my book, I'm hilarious. I'm 100% like no filter, honest about what homeschooling is really like. Um, I, I, I'm going to give you the truth. And I tell that to everyone before I speak, I'm going to give you the 100% truth. And so, um, yeah, 
that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's encouragement all the way around is uh, you're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we really want to, to know and understand is that somebody else gets it. And um, your book is so good at, at helping those middle school, high school age students know that the same questions they're asking, they're wondering about mm-hmm. um, are questions that all homeschoolers ask and you wrote them down and we're really concise about this. This is the truth of it. And mm-hmm. um, it's really not that bad. And like you said at the beginning, the, the freedoms that come with homeschooling, especially for those middle school to high school years are amazing. It's so like you don't you otherwise would have to be in a classroom for eight hours a day. Right. Exactly. Can you imagine that? I mean, getting Mm -hmm. to stay in your PJs or even like wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt while doing homework in your bedroom. Like that seems like a lot more fun to me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then you can just go out and do fun stuff with friends. If you're a nature person, go take a walk. Like, right. Do what you want to do. So true. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, thank you for just starting that conversation and that discussion and um, encouraging um, young people to just stick it out, um, stay, you know, stay the course and um, and using that time then that they have to to do what um What's most important, you know, versus just this, the I'm, I'm buying my time while I'm sitting in a classroom that really is, doesn't get you to the end goal as, as, as nicely. I had said, you know, that's really the word I can think of. It's, it's just so much more beautiful, um, to have that, that freedom and, and the ability to explore who am I, um, in that yeah. time versus just doodling on a page while somebody's speaking in one ear and you're trying to stay awake. And I remember those years in high school. I went to public school. <laughs> you don't want to be there. <laughs> so I'll encourage you on that too. I went to I went to public school for one month. I was staying with a grandparent for one month when my mom was pregnant with um, with my one of my younger brothers. And I was in elementary school at the time. And I remember just I I was in trouble like every, and I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. Like my, my parents will tell you I'm the good child and I was in trouble every five minutes because I was running my mouth or I was, you know, doing something like this is just so much easier. <laughs> this, being homeschooled really is just so much easier than that. So true. And sometimes you just need to be reminded that, I mean, a lot of times, especially in our community, a lot of students have been in the public private school sector, and then their parents remove them. Um, but then, you know, we always have the grass is always greener on the other side. And we're, we start to fantasize, oh, it's got to be better than it is here. We just want to reassure you. <laughs> it's not. It still hasn't improved. <laughs> so, so stay the course. Buy Adana's book. Um, and again, that title is You Don't Really Hate Homeschooling. Um, and, and, and check that out. So I want to thank you, Donna, for um, being on this broadcast. It, it was a great conversation. Um, I en- enjoyed this time with you and um, thank you so just much. Just thank you again for, um, for being part of our podcast and I'm um, just encouraging students and um, sharing your story. No, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for being with us here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We'll catch you again next time on our next show. See you then. God bless. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.